Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of The Humanitarian Effect. Last week, you heard from some teachers. This week, you will hear from an aspiring teacher. We had many, 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 many people agree to be interviewed. However, we decided to select one audio that really stood out. So this is what you'll hear today. We had people who went to private schools and special STEM schools and such, and not all feedback was bad um, from those special schools. Things that came up were they had the privilege of having smaller classes or, you know, some things such as the school had this mentality that they embodied in the children that you are better than everyone else in your city. So that was something interesting when we were listening to all the audio together. However, again, the one that you are about to hear was our favorite. So without further ado, let's get into this episode. I'm Juan Salazar. I'm a psychology major at the University of Texas at Austin, and I went to high school at Southwest High School in San Antonio, Texas. What is the first emotion you feel when you think of your high school? Regret. Why do you feel regret? I think it's because high school didn't really feel like you were utilizing your time very well. It really only felt like the teachers were reading off a book trying to get you to answer the same questions they teach every year so that you can pass the end of exam tests, like the STAR or the tax test before. And you don't really learn anything with that method. You kind of just figure out how to answer certain questions, which is like critical thinking wise valuable, but um, just the, the way it's structured seems like a waste of time with learning mathematics and science and stuff like that. I think the best part and the most memorable parts that you can ask anybody from high school is their extracurricular activities like band or sports. Those are the things people are gonna remember because if you ask them, what did you learn in your uh, 11th grade history class? They're gonna remember taking notes and random facts. Okay, second question. As a college student, do you believe the information you learned in high school prepared you for college? That was also the biggest regret that I had in high school was that we weren't motivated to utilize our time effectively to prepare for a college. They always told you that um, it's important to do well so colleges can see your grades, but it never really taught you what you needed to know for college. Like, yeah, it looks great whenever you get in and you have your grades and they see you in the 99th percentile, but then you're struggling to keep up with people who actually like took time to learn the things they needed to learn and who were already working towards their degree or major. And coming in as undeclared, I kind of was just feeling out how college was gonna be. So that first year was really rough because that transition between high school and college was so massive that it felt like a completely different world and high school definitely did not prepare me for that. If you could change one thing about your high school classes and how they were structured, what would it be? Personally, I think that it would be great if there was less um, centric focus on getting the, the end of exam score as high as possible. 
so that teachers are paid better and that the districts are paid better and it looks good for teachers. That's really the only reason why they do it. It's not for kids to learn as much as it is getting your school's scores as high as they can so the government will fund you. Um, and the reason why that's not really plausible is because a lot of kids don't want to go to school and it's really forced upon them. And completing high school is legally required, I think, in most places. So um, it's not really effective for the majority of people, but for the people who do want to go to school and go to college and be successful, it doesn't work very well. Do you feel a majority of your teachers cared about the topic they were teaching? Yes, I do. I think that um, most teachers aren't in it for the money because it doesn't pay very well, which is unfortunate, but that's how it is. And um, like, there's some exceptions, like coaches definitely wanted to just coach the sports and were forced into their social studies classes that they had to teach. But a lot of my science teachers and English teachers um, and my math teachers were really happy and um, excited to get students to learn what they were passionate about. Um, that might have to do with the fact that a lot of my teachers had master's degrees in their fields, which um, definitely helped. So I guess AP courses might be a different demographic than other high school courses, but I definitely felt like they were passionate about teaching, but they also had this agenda and deadlines they had to meet in order for us to pass the tests. So it was hard for them um, to teach the way they wanted effectively. And that's not really a big problem in college because you're your own pace kind of deal and they get to teach how they want to teach um, more effectively. Do you have any opinions on standardized testing? Uh, I think I made it really clear how I feel about standardized testing throughout this entire thing. Um, it's really flawed and it. I honestly believe it shouldn't exist, um, but it is necessary to exist because of what you talked about with students not wanting to go to school and the standardized tests gives um, people higher up like just a generalized score and um, just let them see how the, the kids are doing and how they're learning question mark how they're learning isn't really the best word for it but you know so I'm not sure what the a better alternative is and right now I think standardized testing is the best alternative or choice for us, but it's definitely not an effective way to get students to learn. Um, if you have a disability, do you feel your high school rightly made accommodations to help you the best they could? Yes, I think so. Um, we had a really good special ed program. Um, I worked with our special ed team because my mom's a special ed teacher. So there was a volunteer class during your um, office hour class. There, there was a, your first period was extended or your last period was extended by an hour. And you could choose to do um, office work or you could go to the special ed kids. And um, it, it was just like the teachers and uh, people taking care of them were really nice. And they seemed like they were really accommodating for them as much as they could. Um, for less like, for things like ADHD and um, mild forms of, uh, sorry, 
autism, sorry. So people on the lower um, spectrum of autism, which we had like not very many, um, they adapted really well. I feel like they were, no one was really bullied in high school because of it. Um, bullies exist everywhere, but I think I was pretty lucky to have a high school that was pretty lax with their um, acceptance of everybody. And I think the accommodations were good by, on the district's part. How did your high school deal with bullying? Um, because there wasn't a lot of it, it was just a lot of fights. Um, bullying wasn't really a big issue because if people were getting hit or picked on, it's because they wanted it to happen. So there was a lot of fights that had to be broken up. Um, I don't really remember any big cases of like, we had to have an assembly for bullying that never happened. Um, there was announcements like, oh, be kind to each other, because that was kind of the generally accepted um, ideal. Just be nice to people if you don't want to be treated badly either. Um, so I don't think I'm applicable, because if there was bullying, um, I didn't see as much of it. I mean, there's bullying everywhere, like I said, but there, there wasn't enough to warrant like, hey, we need to be kind to one another and blah, 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 because that was just kind of a given. What were the consequences for the students who got into fights? Um, for fights, it's always just like ISS, which is in school suspension, or you go to alternative, which is just like, um, I don't know where it was, but it was you got sent to a different building to go to school and it was just more extreme punishment but it was not as extreme as suspension. I don't think a lot of people were suspended for fighting because it happened so much. We had um, a separate facility, or I guess it was a building, but it was broken up into like mobile houses. And that's where the freshmen were because there was a thousand students. And there was probably one fight per week in the blacktop during lunches. And it got to the point where it's just like the, the weekly fight today was between this person and this person and it was nothing more than ISS because what were they going to do send everyone to alternative kind of deal so it, it was just in school suspension really and there was assemblies to say like hey keep your anger management under control and your adults act like it but that didn't really stop fighting so is there a main building and then separate mobile houses yeah, so it's the main building, which is the high school, and then since we had so many students, they just used the old, an old middle school that wasn't being used anymore, and that's where the offices were, and classrooms were in those, like, not mobile houses, but they were, like, um, mobile buildings, and that's where classes were held. Was this like one high school for a large amount of area? Like why were there so many kids? Were there other Yeah, so in Southwest District, there was only one school at the time, Southwest High School. Um, they opened a new high school legacy in 2018, which is when I had left. So for a good few decades, um, Southwest High School was the only high school in the district. So you had like what, 13 elementary schools go into three different middle schools, go into all go funnel into one high school. So there was 4,000-ish um, students altogether. The largest freshman class was 1.2K students, and my graduating class was 900 students.
Were there any charter or private schools around your area? Not that I know of. Okay. Um, did your high school have any extracurriculars, and if so, what were they? We had a lot of extracurriculars because we had so many students. We had a lot of funding, and but a lot of it went towards football and band because those were our biggest things. Our band was really good, um, and they had a lot of support from the district. But other sports like basketball, volleyball, um, baseball, they were, they were they got people to go because your friends would go see you. But it wasn't as popular as football or band. Um, we had a good mariachi team, and um, basically every extracurricular that you can think of in high school we had. We had a musical theater department, um, which is separate from theater. It was specifically for musicals, so um, it was a little more expensive than a smaller school, I suspect, but I don't really have another school to compare it to, so I can't say if it's more or less than another school or the average. What were the languages offered? We had Spanish, French, and I think that's it. We didn't have any real um, instructor, instructors that could do like Japanese or Chinese or stuff like that. So it was mostly Spanish and French. And um, I don't even think sign language was an option. So yeah, it was just Spanish and French you could take. Did you feel safe in your high school? Yeah, um, there were people who were relatively unsafe um, who shouldn't be coming to campus and they didn't. Um, people brought knives and guns to school and they were promptly suspended. Um, someone brought a taser once and tased a kid in the locker room, but I never felt unsafe from it because it, was, it wasn't really around me. Um, it was a person I knew, but I don't think he tased me, so I never felt unsafe because um, I was never really a victim of that. But I can see how some people would feel unsafe definitely and how parents would feel unsafe in that um, district and it's high school. The people with the knives, how did they find them? Did they pull them out or was there like a metal detector? They, 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 there were kids who would tell their friends, oh yeah, check out my knife, check out my lighter, check out this um, thing I brought. Someone um, brought a knife out and whenever the buses loaded at the end of the day, some kid brought a knife out and cut the head off a dead squirrel and brought it home. Brought it back and made it into a puppet for his fingers. So there were some delinquent kids there um, and they'd bring drugs to school and we'd have a lot of searches. So there were a lot of problematic kids, but at the same time, they weren't really bullies. They were just kind of making bad decisions. And it, it's weird, like I felt, I felt safe around them, like they wouldn't hurt me, but they were just making bad decisions that would get them in trouble, but it didn't really affect my safety in any way, if that makes sense. You took a child psychology class, correct? Yes. Could you talk about how influential a child's mind is and how a poor public school could negatively impact them? Well, school really starts for kids um, around four to five, depending if you put them pre-K or not, but kindergarten is usually where most kids start, I believe. And that's around four years of age where kids start developing this sense of um, other people have thoughts and I'm not the only person in this universe and people are just like me. It's very basic, but it's just this theory of mind that um, they are 
a human and other humans can feel the same way that they do, but they also have different experiences. And that's when um, kids start to also take up a lot of learning because they've graduated from the baby method of see something and copy it or touch it to experience it. They're able to have more formal thoughts. And around the age of seven, I believe, is when they start having those more complex but concrete thoughts. Um, they're not complex in the sense that they can imagine things by themselves very um, explicitly, I suppose. They can, they're able to imagine, like have imaginary friends, but they're not able to foresee effects from causes. And um, because of how basic that kids learn at that age, a lot of a teacher's job to do is to show them that learning is a very important thing um, for humans to know. Um, it's what separates us from a lot of animals. And um, the fact that the learning so early is not very prioritized is a big reason why a lot of kids may not um, want to go to high school or continue their college or their education in college and whatnot. The I think focusing a lot on early education and embedding it into their minds that this is important is the way to go if you want kids to actually care about their education. And sometimes not always that easy because I know I grew up in a um, area where the average was very low socioeconomic status. So a lot of kids I knew had to take up jobs to support their family or just drop out of high school. I knew a couple of kids who just dropped out of high school to take up their dad's business to um, of like farming or whatever. And it's it affects how you like your future because you can't get an education to further yourself and it's not their fault. It's just how it happens. So um, these, it's not always all up to the school to make education important to everybody. But um, for those who have the choice to go to school, I think definitely it. whenever you don't have focus on it early on, they decide it's not important to me because it's not, it wasn't important to the people teaching it to me. And I think that's a big reason why people don't want to go into um, higher education. And because whenever you're a kid, you're so impressionable and willing to learn, I suppose, um, that's the best time to instill those ideas that yes, education is important and you should be going to school. So yeah, child development is definitely something to be looked at because that's hitting those critical periods of when those kids are primed and ready to learn will set them up for the rest of their future. And if you miss that, it's hard to just say, hey, why don't you um, just try caring about high school when they've been conditioned and their brain's already matured enough to where it's like, why should I work for me long enough to not have school kind of deal. 
All right, and that is all for today. If you would like to hear the rest of the audios, just shoot us an email and you can have access to those. Everyone who had did an interview with us have agreed to release that information, so no worries there. However, don't forget to let us know what you think, you know, and we'll conclude with part three hearing from the changemakers soon. Next week, we'll be taking a break to highlight authors of color and how they are changing the game through literature, which is honestly a step of breaking the current education, in my opinion. So we love you guys. I thank you so much for listening. Tell somebody and come back next week. See you later. Bye.